Welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. Father Charles Murph filling in for Jesse this Monday. Father, thanks for joining me today, my friend. Thank you for the invitation, Terry. Well, Father, you and I have known each other for years. We've had a common interest. It's Bishop Fulton Sheen. That common interest leads to Jesus Christ. And the whole show today is going to be on Fulton J. Sheen. And the we were demanding, actually petitioning, the Holy See to reschedule the beatification mass of the Venerable Fulton J. Sheen. But we're going to talk a little bit about who the man was and how he affected the church when he was living and also the past 40-some years as he's been dead, how he's interceded for so many people. And this is going to be the show today. But before we get to the show, I want to give you some what we call good-to-know file. One of them is this. Texas Senate passes ban on sex change for minors, men, and women's college sports. (laughs) And also, the Texas Senate, those guys have common sense, also approved a bill banning uh, changes to minors' birth certificates and advanced two bills to protect children from drag shows. Sounds to me like Texas has got a moral conscience, not like California, but I live in California, so I can say that. Father, one more good-to-know file, and that is our friend, you know Father Jerry Murray, so do I. I've known him for decades. Great man, one of the finest priests. I, I agree. He slams the Vatican Cardinal. Are you ready for rejecting church teaching on sodomy? And he actually asked him to resign. This is Cardinal Jean Hollerick, uh, who repeatedly has attacked Catholic teachings on homosexuality. I have it on YouTube where he's in Chicago getting over at a church and he said the Bible's wrong. So, I mean, I say this all the time, and this is my good-to-know file, too. I want you to all know that a bishop makes a promise when he's brought to becoming a bishop, and it says this, Are you resolved, faithfully, and consistent to proclaim the gospel of Christ? And here's the big question. Are you resolved to maintain the deposit of faith, entire, incorrupt, as handed down by the apostles, and professed by the church everywhere and at all times? Yes or no? And if the bishop or cardinal says no, then my response is, step down. And that's what Father Murray's asking him to do. That if you can't live by these teachings that you're morally obligated, do us a favor, sit down. All right, Father, your thoughts about Father Murray? Do you think he's spot on on that issue? Well, first of all, Father Father Murray is one of the finest priests Canada in New York. Too. He's one of the finest priests in the United States. His opinion is a very uh, good opinion. It's a studied opinion, an educated opinion. He knows what he's talking about. And he also speaks... As a real believer, yeah, yeah, it's very simple. If you've got if you've got a a, a, a bishop, a, a bishop, or a, anyone, a layman who is denying a point of the faith such as this, yes, the uh, teaching a uh, teaching on moral moral uh, moral behavior, uh, time to rethink your position. Time to time to if you're a bishop, what a shame! Yeah, it is. Pardon me for saying it. What a shame! Yeah, what a shame. Exactly. And and and, the, and if the man can't step down because he's got a little bit of self pride, not a complete shame, he should be helped to step down. I agree. By the powers above, I agree with that. All the above. Well, let's talk about uh, the gospel for today. This is Holy Week, everybody. I I like to say this is the week that changed the world. What do I mean by that? What I mean is, without Holy Week, without Good Friday, without Good Friday, Easter Sunday, there's no Easter Sunday for us. And so here's the reading from Gospel, the Gospel of John, chapter 12, verse 1 to 11. Father Burke, could you do us the honors, please? The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. Glory to you, O Lord. 
Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. There they served him a supper. Mary, excuse me, Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at table with him. Mary took a pound of costly ointment of pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the nard ointment. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, who was to betray him, said, Why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief. And as he had the money box, he used to take what was put into it. Jesus said, let her alone. Let her keep it for the day of my burial. The poor you shall always have with you. Me you shall not always have. When the great crowd of the Jews learned that he was there, that Jesus was there, they came not only on account of Jesus, but also to see Lazarus whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests planned to put Lazarus also to death, because on account of him, many Jews were going away, believing in Jesus. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I've always loved this Gospel for a number of things. Yeah. There's... There are so many things in it, and almost everything that's in it reminds me of Fulton J. Sheen. I, I, okay? Go ahead. I, I, mean, I, I mean, there isn't a line. <laughs> there isn't a line, and there are very few words that he did not comment on. Yeah. However, <laughs> one of the things that's always delighted me, not delighted me, but make, make, almost makes me laugh out loud yeah. in reading this, they didn't really come to see Jesus as much, the Messiah, yeah. the King of Israel, as much as to see this dead man who yeah, was right. dead, exactly. they all saw that, that he was dead. They helped bury him, many of them. They wanted to see him. Why did they want to see him? So that they would believe in Jesus Christ who raised him from the dead? No. So they could conjure up a plot to really kill him a second time. Yep. Because too many people were believing in Jesus because of him. You talk about, you talk about a hard heart. That's got to be one of them. Those people had to have the hardest hearts in the world. Rather than, rather than believe that this man who they saw dead is back to life, rather than believe in the, in the man who rose him from the dead, in yeah. Jesus Christ, they would rather try to figure out how can we kill him a second time and really keep him dead. Amazing, amazing. I, amazing. I like that commentary, Father. And, you know, one of the things that caught my attention at the end of that gospel reading was that the chief police planted to kill Lazarus, too, as you just said. And I think about this when we do good for the faith and we proclaim Christ, there are still people out in the world today who want to destroy Christianity. Anything the likings of anything we do that's going to proclaim Christ and Him crucified. They don't want anything to do with it, and they're going to stop us in any way we can. And I, I think of that today because we can't be fearful right now. We have to proclaim Jesus Christ more boldly than ever because we live in such a secular world that wants to stop 
a spread of Christianity. That's my take on it. Terry, let me just say a, a last thing on this. Uh, I, I, I had uh, three delightful guests here today Good. visiting from Australia. Awesome. And while we were out, they told me about something that I should that I should watch on oh, YouTube. I've, yes. Which I did. I came home and I watched an interview by a man, a man by the name of Andrew Bolt. He's a good man, non-Catholic actor. Interviewing, interviewing Cardinal George Pell. Fantastic, Pell. I saw it. May, may I suggest to Anyone. all of your listeners yeah. that they look that up on, oh, yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. It is a remarkable, beautiful, beautiful interview. But this is exactly what Cardinal Pell was saying and what this gospel is saying yeah. and what you and I are living. Yeah. The world is really growing to hate us. Yes, I sense that. I mean, really, 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 because it's coming down to the it's coming down to the finish line. It really is coming down to the finish line. And we have to proclaim a morality that is Christian. And the world hates it. Well said. The, those people who have been talking to us for years about tolerance. Yeah. <laughs> and I told you, you and I have had this discussion many yes. times, are the most intolerant yes. human beings entire world, right? And they will not tolerate us. And they've come down to declare war. And this is, it's really coming down to this. When you're talking about the sexual perversion in teaching and moral teaching and, and what Texas is trying to overcome and what yeah. California is trying to bolster, yeah. we're really in a, we're really in a war and Christians are going to be in the, in the minority, in the minority and persecuted tremendously. It's already beginning. I feel it. I see it. It's happening. And I think that Talking about Fulton Sheen's beatification and getting that done, the church would really be blessed by that. Let me see if I can get a full Sheen Ahead clip right now from Bishop Sheen talking about the faith. Mr. Engineer, play that clip if we could. Bishop Sheen, do you foresee in the distant future any change in the, in the church's stand, the Catholic church's stand, and certain issues today which have been quite controversial? Certainly, abortion has been. Do you foresee ever any change in that? No. Not at all? No, because we have no power over the divine law. Furthermore, suppose we did. Suppose John Paul II tomorrow said, All right, bring out your contraceptives. Pull out your scalpel. Unplug the children from their wombs. Marry as you please. Unmarry as you please. Fornicate as you please. What would be the difference between the church and the world? Wow, we're going to take a quick break. That I want to have a little comment when we come back from this break. But this is the very reason we want to talk about Bishop Sheen, because his whole life... He never wavered once about the faith. And what a model for us here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Matter of fact, what a model for the entire church. Father Murr's got some storytelling about Bishop Sheen that you won't want to miss. Stay with us. You're listening to the Terry and Desi Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Welcome back is right. Terry Barber, Father Charles Murr, talking about our friend Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. 
And that quote, he said, the church has no power over divine law. Some of our prelates need to hear that over and over again, because somehow they think that maybe the Bible's wrong and they're right. It's pretty incredible that someone would make such a stupid statement. That's right. It's stupid. All right, Father Murr, the... um, the FultonSheenMovement.com website, I want everybody to go on it and sign the petition that you would like to see Bishop Sheen's beatification rescheduled. Now, everybody knows this, Father Murr. The church in America is suffering. We can all feel it, of course. The time to declare the beatification of Fulton Sheen is now. Jesus promised that the sheep would recognize truth in the voice of a shepherd and follow him. And I will say this, there is no voice so powerful well-known and loved, no voice that is more capable of bringing clarity and healing to our confused and divided church in America than Fulton J. Sheen. Now, Father Murray, you know this. The final reason they postpone the beatification mass of Fulton Sheen doesn't exist anymore. So we ask for the rescheduling of the ceremony, the mass of beatification, to declare the venerable Fulton Sheen when he's already in the judgment of the church. He's blessed. This act of beatification will unlash a tsunami of graces upon the church, especially in the estates here, creating a force of good that will spread from shore to shore, uh, bearing the fruit of the Holy Spirit in millions of souls and awakening a new love for Christ and his church in America. Now, Father Murray, you know for three years we've been waiting. Uh, the Catholics from all over the world are warning, what's going to happen? What's going on with Fulton Sheen? And I just want to say this, and then I want to turn it to you, because this basic statement, they said that they didn't want to do the beatification because what happens if the state of New York figures out in their report that Fulton Sheen was involved in some slide, uh, uh, shady uh, dealings with, with moving priests around? Well, guess what? They looked into it, and they said, no, he wasn't. So this is why uh, nothing, was de- nothing was revealed that would cause the, de- the delay of the of the beatification. But let me just say this. 43 years ago, when I was a young man, yes, I was young at one time, and I started promoting in 1979 at a religious ed congress the Fulton Sheen's Life is Worth Living on cassette tape. I remember someone dressed just like Father Murr with a Roman collar. He came up to me and said, young man, you're wasting your time. Fulton Sheen has no place in the Catholic Church. Yeah. Yeah, he said that to me. Yeah. He said it to the wrong dude. So you know what I did? Fulton, let me let me just yeah. let me just hear this again. Fulton J. Sheen has no place in the Catholic that, Church. That's what the priest told me. Yeah. And and I and he said, Gee, oh might as well stop. You're wasting your time. Because I said, I want oh. every Catholic priest to have these recordings. I wanted to give it to him. He wouldn't take it. So no. I was respectful. I was what, 20 years old? So I said, I said under my breath, I'm going to make that priest eat those words. I'm going to do my best to get these out. Well, tens of thousands of those, I don't know how many millions of single recordings of Fulton Sheen I've put out in the last 43 years from Lighthouse Catholic Media to St. Joseph Communications, to Virgin Most Powerful. But I guarantee you, Father, that Fulton Sheen has affected so many people like you who are priests today because of his writings and his recordings. But I just want to make the note, please, if you think Fulton Sheen should be beatified, go to FultonSheenMovement.com, put your name on it, because we want to present this to the Holy See and say, the voice of the people have spoken. 
We want to see Fulton Sheen. Now, beatified. Now, this is a man who would get twelve to 15,000 letters a day in the 1950s, people writing to him. 60% of his audience were non-Catholic. This is the man that can change uh, the Catholic Church in the world if his writings come out, and I think be- the beatification would be helpful. Father, you also have got many stories how Fulton Sheen has affected your own life, especially in your priesthood. Well, uh, just uh, basically, yeah. I made a retreat with him uh, for, for my diaconate. Uh, my diaconate retreat was with Fulton J. Sheen. Wait a minute. Not wait a minute. in person. Just yeah. a minute. Just a minute. I, I was just Not in person. Yeah. On, on cassette tapes. I love it. I went to the Camaldolese Monastery in, uh, in uh, Frascati, right up the hill from Frascati, uh, and, uh, and listened to his entire retreat for priests, wow. which was life-changing. To me, it was life-changing. I never, I grew up with Fulton J. Sheen. We yeah. were kids when we listened to him. And we were, we were sort of attracted to his sincerity, yeah. number one. And I guess his form that we saw, we saw a bishop for the first time speaking clearly. Yeah. Uh, did I understand exactly what he was saying? How could I? It was I was 10, 11 years old, right? Yeah. yeah. However, as an adult getting ready for the priesthood, I heard him loud and clear. Yeah. What a beautiful, those, those tapes that he made, that, that whole conference, the, the retreat for priests, made one in Dublin and another one uh, elsewhere. That's right. I had the Gary first Indiana. one he made. Yeah. Just incredibly clear, incredibly clear. And he's, look, there is no reason that this man should not be canonized. I there is no reason. And the reason, I'll tell you, there is a reason. All right. There is a reason. Tell you want to hear the reason? Yeah, I do. And everybody else does. Well, uh, we don't like what he has to say. Exactly. You nailed it. And what does he have to say? Everything that is Christian and everything that is completely Catholic. That's what we don't want to hear. Are you kidding me? Good. Then don't then don't you worry about it. Yeah. Don't you worry about him being a saint or not a saint. But those of us who are Catholic practicing believers would love to see this man raised to the to the honors of the altar. And something else too, Terry. Tell me, Father. I think I think your 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 viewers and listeners should really understand this and appreciate this. Okay. When the cause for beatification. There's beatification is studied and canonization is studied. Yes. Every single thing that the candidate for sainthood has ever said oh, or written anything is examined 100% for what? Number one, are there any doctrinal errors? Wow. Has he said anything against the Catholic faith? Even in error, has he misspoken? Fulton J. Sheen, zero times has he misspoken, zero mistakes about the faith. And you know how much this man spoke and how much he wrote. Are you kidding me? You know me? how much he wrote. Well, this is phenomenal. Yeah, not Never really. one mistake. Yeah. Never one mistake clarifying the Catholic faith. What, this what, is phenomenal in itself. 100 books. He also wrote a weekly uh, article for the propagation yeah. of faith to raise millions of dollars for spreading the faith. Never getting a penny of that. Uh, this was a man who was on fire for the faith. What a great example. Think about this, Father Murr. You know, we're both in our latter part of our life. <laughs> well, we're, we're both over 40. I, yeah, there you, you go. Think? 
Well, when, when Fulton Sheen, you saw that clip today of Fulton Sheen about three months before he passed, he was defending yes. the faith. Not only that, not many people realize this, but he died December 9th, 1979. Days before he died, he was still instructing converts into the Catholic faith. He was still mm. convalidating marriages to the very day that he died. In other words, his fire never went out, Father. And no. he attributed that fire to the Blessed Sacrament, the 60 years of daily holy hours the man made. And I yes. think about that for our church today. I, and I'm just going to make a suggestion, and I don't mean to be picking on any priest, but I'm picking on him. And that is, we need to hear more about Christ and the Holy Eucharist and the value of time before the Blessed Sacrament. This, to me, was, was Fulton Sheen's answer to spreading the Catholic faith. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It was, and it was certainly the answer to any problematic that would affect a priest. There you go. This was the answer. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it, it, the man was magnificent, absolutely magnificent. Yeah. And if if there's, I'll tell you something too that something that that hit me in that interview, hmm. the one that you just showed. Go ahead. But mm -hmm. the world will not stop asking the questions: When will there be women priests? Yeah. When can we have abortion? When can the clergy get married? Right. When. They will not stop answering. It doesn't matter how many times it's answered definitively. It doesn't matter. They will continually, continually, continually ask. You know what that is? Tell me. That's a, a very, very Marxist uh, tactic. Oh, yeah. You just keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. It doesn't matter how many times you say no. They right. just keep pushing. And this is what's happening. This is what I'm saying when we were talking about the world and the church. And I think the first time that I really understood the division, the great uh, uh, chasm between the, the church and the world was through listening to Fulton J. Sheen. Yeah. He absolutely explained what the spirit of the world was right. and what the spirit of Christ was that we're to follow, the, the church. There are two different spirits. You are either of one or of the other, and you cannot be of both. Well, right? yeah. and this is this is where we're being pushed today. Yeah. We have to decide. And, Go ahead. And, and that's why, Father Murr, it's so important that the writings of Fulton Sheen get as distributed as widely as possible. And with his beatification, more people are going to say, oh, I didn't know who Bishop Sheen was. Let me read. Wow. Like like this Dr. Peter Howard, who had never heard of Fulton Sheen and, you know, other than his name. And then he read uh, The World's oh First gosh. Love on the yeah. Blessed Mother. And he said, well, I'm going to do my dissertation on that. And that's what he did. And then he's moving on to promote the cause of Fulton Sheen. What I wanted to mention also is when we come back, I want to tell a story of St. John Paul II back in 1979 with St. John, with Bishop Sheen. And it, it, it'll illustrate to you how many people, even 40 years ago, didn't want anything to do with Fulton Sheen. My story about the priest at the Religious Ed Congress saying, I'm wasting my time. Wait till you hear this story when it was at St. Patrick's Cathedral in October of 1979 and St. I remember seeing that. Oh, yeah. Well, wait till you hear what happened to Bishop Sheen and St. John Paul II. Also, I want people to, to really sign the petition 
Uh, go to FultonSheenMovement.com. It's simple to remember, FultonSheenMovement.com. Put your name on it. We are the voice of the people saying, look, here's a holy man. We've had miracles already attributed to his intercession. Nothing is holding us back except, I'll be honest with you, some people in the church who want nothing to do with Fulton Sheen. But guess what? Get over it. We want his writings. We want his intercession. We need his help in living out our faith in a world that acts like God doesn't exist. Also, Terry, go ahead. Terry, when we get when we get back, I want you to remind me, and if I don't say it right now, I'll forget it. Hit me. Remind me to tell you the story of St. Philip Neri. Okay, I got it. And his canonization process. Oh, okay? great. Yeah, yeah. When we come back, I'm going to let Father Murr do that St. Philip Neri one, and then I'm going to tell you the St. John Paul and Bishop Sheen story at St. Peter's Square. No, St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York City, just months before his death. It's going to blow you away. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse show. We're talking about Fulton J. Sheen and the need to have the beatification go forward. And I want to talk more about that when we come back. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. Father Charles Murr. Terry Barber, we have a great love for Fulton J. Sheen. He's been such an inspiration in both of our lives. I was at Fulton Sheen's funeral 43 years ago in New York, and uh, I'm going to tell a story, but I'm going to have Father Murr tell his St. Philip Neri story first. Well, I mean, this is this is just a... Well, it's a story. It's a true story. Yeah. Um, and it, it's associated, I associated with Fulton J. Sheen yeah. with, the, with the frustrating his frustrating campaign against his beatification yeah. and canonization. Right. Because there are people plotting in the church not to have him beatified or canonized right. because they don't like what he's saying. Yeah. It doesn't go with their new idea of church. And their new idea of church is, in many cases, heretical. Amen. Right? Amen. That's the, the, theirs is the problem. The problem is not Fulton J. Sheen. It's theirs. However, I remember another saint who was having a hard time becoming uh, being canonized, and that was St. Philip Neri. St. Philip Neri was called the Apostle of Rome. Uh, great sense of humor, <laughs> dynamic sense of humor, yeah. uh, died with, you know, they're talking about the, this saint died with the imitation of Christ and, and this, that, and the other thing. St. Philip Neri died with a, a book of jokes next to his bed. <laughs> right? That's funny. <laughs> He used to make people laugh, and with his humor, caused a lot of people to come closer to, to Christ. He was had a great personality. Anyway, it was time for him to be canonized. Right. And there was a vote taken. There was a vote taken. And this is where we get the, the thing of being blackballed. Yeah. Uh, the people who were voting, were voting on his canonization, had a white ball and a black ball in, in their hand. Mm -hmm. And when, when the uh, bolsa, the, when a, 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 what do you call it, a, a sack, a, a velvet sack was passed around, mm -hmm. you either drop the white in favor or the black against the canonization. Well, they were all white except for one cardinal who knew St. Philip and was never impressed with him mm -hmm. and didn't like his methods and didn't like anything about him. Mm -hmm. And he dropped a black ball into the, into the, into the, the sack. When he did, he said this himself, St. Philip Neri appeared before him in that moment 
You know what he did and what he said? He didn't say anything. He just went. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> the Cardinal couldn't believe it. And he changed his vote. Yep. He changed his vote. And 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 St. Philip was canonized the same. That's you know, this is what I'm trying to say is, do you think for one moment that Fulton J. Sheen cares about uh, uh, the Roman Curia's uh, 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 a movement against him in the Roman Curia or people who don't nope. like him? No. Nope. He could care less. Right. He could care less. Why? Because he understood that Christ could care less about how people who, who disliked him, he was about the truth. And Fulton J. Sheen is a man of truth. Amen. And anyway, you please tell your story about about uh, well, was that about the encounter with with yeah. Pope John Paul II and Pope yeah. Sheen. Just to give the background, Bishop Sheen's uh, priest retreat that Father Murr was referring to, Saint John Paul II listened to those very tapes that you did. Did he really? Because he wanted. Wow. Yes, I read that in the autobiography. He was wanting to study up on his English and his pronunciation. He thought, well, let me go to B Bishop Sheen. Who and better? Also, yeah. Who and, better? And also get a priest retreat out of it. So that's what he did. So he gets to St. Patrick's Cathedral, I think it was October 3rd, 1979, and all the dignitaries are there, the cardinals, the bishops, for you know, for the East Coast there. And what does St. John Paul II say? Hey, where's Fulton Sheen? And they go, what? Where is he? I, and they go, I don't know. I don't know. Well, find out where he is. I want him sitting right here now. You know, the Pope asked you to do something. You should do it. You know, okay. Yes. So they go looking for him. He's down in the crypt of the church, privately praying. They go up and say, hey, the Holy Father wants you up now. Well, I guess he's, you know, he's 84 years old. Okay, when the Pope <laughs> says, I got to go, I got to go. So he goes up there, and the Pope brings him up and says to St. Saint John Paul II, says to Bishop Sheen, all right, read my lips. You are a faithful son of the church. You have written and spoken well of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Gives him a big hug. I got the picture of it on his autobiography. Yes, yes, Everybody's yes. seen that picture. Now, Father Murr, come on. Fulton J. Fulton J. Sheen also was moved to tears. Yes, he was. Was moved to tears oh. by, 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 by that adulation. Yes. Fantastic. And that's, and that's what happened. That, you see, the bishops even back then wanted nothing to do with Fulton Sheen. I, mean, I know this sounds like I'm talking behind-the-scenes stuff, but let's be honest. People, you know what? They were jealous of him, Father. Jealousy in the oh, church. Heavens, yes, of course. He had course, television. Course. He had notoriety. Other people wanted. Now, now, here's what I will say about Bishop Sheen, that if you haven't heard his life is worth living, this is the series he did for convert courses. I'm teaching it starting next month here at the chapel to converts to the Catholic faith because what better way than to teach Bishop Sheen's teachings on the faith? But if you haven't heard that, you can go to YouTube. You can pick that up. Just go to YouTube, put in Fulton J. Sheen, and you can spend yes. a long time watching all kinds of recordings by Fulton Sheen because you'll learn so much about the faith. But I wanted to say that I had read several books on Fulton Sheen and uh, was a, as a youngster, and one of them that really touched me, Father Murr, as a young 20-year-old, was the life of Christ. And what that did... It's, it's superb. What, what that did for me was introduce me through the scriptures to the person of Jesus Christ. I had not yes. had such intimate explanations of our Lord that by any priest at a mass. That book... And so what I did is I put that on cassette tape, and now it's a download for any of our listeners. They want to get that. 
They can go to catholicrc.org and pick up The uh, Life of Christ by Fulton Sheen. That book also touched you. Am I onto something? You know, uh, for years in, in Manhattan, yeah. uh, I was at St. Joseph's Parish in Yorkville on 87th. Okay. And for years, uh, I had the, what what used to be called the convert class. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, I still call it the convert class. I'm calling class. my convert. RCIA, XYZ. They changed it now, whatever. They keep changing, it doesn't matter. The class was to give instructions on the Catholic faith and to invite those who were very interested in in, in 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 finding out about the faith and becoming Catholic to instruct them. Well, every class that I had at St. Joseph's was between 13 and 16 people every year. Wow, that's and these were all these were all young people, uh professionals, most of them. Yeah. Uh inquisitive. Yeah. A lot of a lot of them it was the first encounter they had with any religion at all. Wow. Uh, anyway, it was it was an excellent excellent course. Every year it was excellent, and every year the the uh, more people came to it. However, the two texts that we used for that course, mm-hmm. well, actually three, but the two major texts were the uh, New Catechism of the Catholic Church, yeah, and primarily the Life of Christ by Fulton J. Sheen. Wow. Because you don't, how should I put this? You can't love the church without loving Jesus Christ. Amen. You just, you, you just, you can't. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. And we have, you know what, what Terry, this, this brings me to kind of a conclusion too. We have a number of people in the church yeah. who, who love the church from what they can get out of the church, but they have no real deep love for Jesus Christ. I'm oh oh boy, that, that's, that's a fact. Cool. I meet them. I meet them. I know them. Uh, some of them belong to our clergy also, and this is this is very discouraging. However, those two books, The Life of Christ by Fulton J. Sheen and The Catechism of the Catholic Church, were excellent, excellent, excellent beginnings to the to the uh, introduction to the faith. There was one. There was one woman, beautiful young woman, uh, who said to me when we were going through the course. She said. You know, I've I've read The Life of Christ by Fulton Sheen. She said, and it's very, very good. She said, very good. She said, but but it's kind of archaic, don't you think? And I said, why would why would you say that? And she said, well, his references to communism. That's all passe. That's that's all gone. I, I said, I, I saw her a few years later. I yeah. saw her 10 years later, and I said, what do you think about those comments about communism today? <laughs> she said he was spot on. Of course, of <laughs> course. Right. Exactly. They weren't archaic at all. No. And, and you know, Father, I could take hours telling stories of people that I met at the funeral of Fulton Sheen that told me that Bishop Sheen introduced them to the person of Christ. They became Catholic yes. because of him. But I want to give a fun story that took place in the 1950s, and maybe I won't have time to get it on the other end, but it'll be a good teaser here. What happened is there was a young, beautiful stewardess on an airplane that was serving Fulton Sheen. He was on his way to Thailand to open up a mission to help the uh, folks there. They had a major problem with um, all kinds of diseases there. So when Fulton Sheen was going back, this young woman had some interest into the, you know, saying, uh, you know, well, uh, what were you doing there? And Bishop Sheen said, well, I was giving people uh, the explanation of the meaning and purpose of life. 
And uh, and if you ever want to know the meaning and purpose of life, young lady, I'd be happy to meet with you because you have the apostolate of beauty. You're a beautiful young girl, and it would be good for you to know why you're here and where you're going. And he gave the card, his Fulton Sheen card, to this beautiful woman on the airplane. He said, if you ever want to take some instructions to know more about the meaning and purpose of life, here's my contact information. About six months later, this beautiful young lady comes to Bishop Sheen's office asking for Bishop Sheen, and he wasn't there. He was out. She said, well, wait for 20 minutes, and Fulton Sheen came back, and there she was. And she said, Bishop Sheen, you, what you said to me really made me wonder, and I want to know more about why I'm here and where I'm going. I mean, the very fact that you would go over there to um, a foreign country to help these missions and give the meaning and purpose of life to these people— um, and then you told me you have a leper colony there that these people have leprosy and you're there helping them. It really moved me. And uh, what you said about my beauty, well, um, I, you know, I, I, I want to use my beauty to proclaim the meaning and purpose of life. Well, how did that hat work? When we come back from the break, you're not going to believe the rest of this story because it'll blow you away because she got involved in a very powerful way helping the lepers in the uh, Thailand that had leprosy. Stay with us. I'll give you the rest of that story of Bishop Sheen bringing a young lady into the church and beyond that church. Wait to hear what happened after that. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back. Father Charles Merv is sitting in for Jesse today. We're talking about Archbishop Fulton Sheen and his beatification. I want people to go online to FultonSheenMovement.com, sign the petition saying, yeah, I, I want to see Bishop Sheen beatified. Why? You know, There's no reason why he shouldn't be. Now, I was telling a story about a beautiful young woman on an airplane where Bishop Sheen was flying back from Thailand, and he gave her a card saying, look, you want to know more about the meaning and purpose of life? Look it up. I'll, I'll be happy to instruct you. Well, she ends up coming to Bishop Sheen, getting instructions into the faith. And now about two years after that, she's a fervent Catholic. She goes back to Bishop Sheen and says, Bishop Sheen, do you remember when you talked about the leper colony and these nuns that dedicated their whole lives to serving the leper colony there? Yeah. I want to see, I think God's calling me to be a nun. And I want to use my apostle of beauty to share that with the lepers. What? Yep. So she ends up going to the convent as she spent the rest of her life in Thailand serving oh. those folks. You see, I could name, I could give you a hundred stories like that. Guys dying oh. of cancer. And, you know, um, Bishop Sheen says, go to Our Lady, go do. There's so many stories that this man has brought people back to the faith or to the faith. Uh, this is why his beatification is important, Father Murr, that more people get to know the writings of Fulton Sheen. Well, there's no question about it. And I would strongly suggest that they begin with the life of Christ. Oh. I mean, I mean it. That's that, that uh, it, anybody who's listening to me yeah. and, and to you, because yeah. you know it better, you know it at, no. at least as good as well as I do, not better. Any anyone who's listening should know that you would, I don't think there's a better way to come to a knowledge of the person of Jesus Amen. Christ than, than, than that reading. 
And you know what's so beautiful too about it, Terry? Tell me. You can read that the chapters are short. Yes. If I if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, the chapters were usually about two or three pages each. Yes. About, they're about they're a theme, a That's theme, right. a theme, a theme. And what a what a beautiful way if if you've got a chance to uh, to to be in front of the Blessed Sacrament in prayer. Yeah, when you're reading it, sure. to take that out and read it slowly, contemplate it, and believe me, you will come to know and to love Jesus Christ because the more you know Him the more you love him and the more you love him, the more you want to know about him. And, and she has a magical way, just a beautiful way of presenting Christ. And you know, it's Father, fantastic. it is back in 2002 or three, when the church was going through this uh, problem with the um, sexual abuse situation, we set 30,000 uh, audio cassette tapes back then to every Catholic priest in America of Fulton Sheen's convert, or excuse me, the Bishop mm. Sheen's priest retreat, Cora Cora, heart to heart, because we thought this would be Cora 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 Loquitor. There you cord go. Cora Cora Loquitor. Heart, 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 heart to heart. Heart speaks to heart. There you yes. go. Thanks for the translation. So Good. that anyway. that series of retreats went to every priest in America because we thought this is the best way we can help the church, and I would still say today. I know hundreds of priests over my lifetime that I've met who have said that it was Fulton Sheen that either got me to become a priest or to stay a priest. I'll tell you, Father, I had priests in the 1980s tell me that they would have left the priesthood if it wasn't for Fulton Sheen's priest retreat. I believe that. I believe that. <laughs> I what? believe that. Yeah. Yes. And so that's why it's so important. And you think about the issue that Monsignor George Kelly wrote back in the Battle for the American Church. Where's the church going? Where its leaders take them? See, this I'm a, I'm all for forming young children at the faith, but you know what? The priests that have been deformed for the last fifty years has been a disaster on the laity. Yeah. And if I'm criticizing you, I'm being sorry, Father. But that, that I, that's how I see it. I know priests who I've met who had such for, bad formation. That when I gave them Fulton Sheen's material, they said, why didn't I get this in the seminary? Yes, yes. Am yes. I, I on to something? Would you, have you run into priests like that? That's Fulton Sheen? Many. See? Many. I just, just, just today, Tell me. just today, a matter of hours ago, okay. a young priest said to me, you have got to do more on uh, video performances to teach seminarians and priests. I said, what are you kidding me? He said, no, I'm not kidding you at all. He said, I, I mean it. He said, we, we just had a long lunch together with, uh, with several people. Good. And he said, he said, what you know, you can't just not pass on. And I said, I said, listen, I don't know. I don't know anything. <laughs> and I meant that comparison in comparison to Fulton J. Sheen. Are you kidding? Amen. I don't believe there's a question he didn't tackle and didn't answer perfectly well. Can I just tell it? Can I just tell a last, a yeah, last yeah, tell story it because, about him? Yep. You, you, no, no. Do your promotion first, and I'm going to tell. I'm just going to say this. Father John Harden wrote a book called Catholic. Worship. Excellent. You know the book. All the great yes. saints. Guess who he included? Archbishop Fulton Sheen. Of course. I won't, I won't say anymore. Go ahead. Tell your story. No, no. I just he was. I, I think this happened at the University of Minnesota. Okay. I believe it was at the University of Minnesota. First of all, Fulton Sheen was 
was a man with such self-confidence. But it wasn't it wasn't a puffed up proud confidence in himself. It was he was confident of himself because he knew who he was representing exactly. all the time. And he was confident of Christ. Yes. He had his confidence totally in Christ. So he was sure of, of where he stood with everything. What I had a friend, I had a friend of mine who's a a, a, a big uh, brokerage firm he had on Wall Street. Okay. He said one time in the 1950s, late 50s, early 60s, at the epitome of, of Sheen's uh, television uh, career, he was at uh, Idlewild Airport. Do you know where Idlewild is? I don't, but okay. Nope. It's called LaGuardia today. Oh, no, <laughs> LaGuardia Airport, right? I know that one. Anyway, at the, in those days, it was called Idlewild. And he was there. Who was who was the, the basketball? Will Chamberlain. Will Chamberlain was the big Chamberlain. Set, yeah, from Lakers. Yeah. Will Chamberlain and Fulton J. Sheen were getting on the same flight. Oh, no. I haven't heard this. Right? Yes. Yes. Never heard this. One. I can't wait. Now, Fulton J. Sheen, Fulton J. Sheen was approximately, he was about five, maybe five, six, five, seven at the most. Yeah. He was, short guy. Even shorter than that. He was a short man. And he stood next, he walked up to Will Chamberlain, my friend told me, said, and, and wanted to meet him. Well, Will Chamberlain was close to seven feet something yeah, tall. And the two of them, everyone in the, in, in the airport was around the two of them because they couldn't believe the the, the, uh, the exchange of, of these two people. And my friend said, and you know, the tallest man there was Sheen. Yeah, I bet. I get it. Of course. <laughs> really. He knew the meaning. Let me just tell you this about the University of Minnesota. Tell us. What I, what I meant to say was when I when I began talking about his confidence, Fulton J. Sheen didn't take speaking engagements simply in front of Catholic audiences. Right. He would speak anywhere yeah. that he was invited. In some places, he wasn't invited. Mm. He would speak. Well, he went to the University of Minnesota which was at that time, and certainly more today, not a bastion of Catholicism, I'll tell you that. He gave a speech on, on, on he, he talked about our Lord, but he talked about, the, uh, 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 he talked about particular parables of Christ. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And at the end, he, he, was, he opened it up to questions from the audience. You know this, I know you know this. I do, it's a good one too. You're acting like you don't, but I know you do. <laughs> You're being very polite. Anyway. <laughs> He, he opened it up to questions at the end, and a, and a very uh, arrogant and sort of troubled young man took the microphone, and he, he said to him, Mr. Sheen. Now, in those days, to do such a thing, even today, oh, certainly yeah. today, but in those days, no you didn't call a bishop, even if you weren't a believer, you right. didn't call him Mr., right? right. It was a, a direct insult. Sheen didn't lose his cool at all. Not at all. He said, yes, sir. He said, well, I've got a question. You, you ask if we have any questions. I've got a question for you. In, in what you call the Old Testament, all of those stories, it's such garbage. And she said, uh, such garbage, like what stories? Uh, could you give me an example? Again, not losing his cool at all. At all. And the young man said, well, take that story of Jonah uh, being, being swallowed up by a whale. He said, who can believe that? That's outer garbage. Nobody can survive such a thing. And he said, it's a fairy tale. Well, Sheen went into a most beautiful explanation of Jonah being swallowed by the whale and being in the belly of the whale for three days. And then the whale coming up and opening its mouth and Jonah, the prophet, coming out 
as a prefiguration of Jesus Christ yeah. and his resurrection from the dead, right? And he explained all of that. And the and the, the young man belligerently grabbed the microphone again and said, he said, I still can't believe in any of that garbage, and I don't understand how any of you can believe in any of it. And Fulton Sheen said, well, I was just trying to explain what the story meant. We as Catholics and as Christians, we're, we're, we focus on what the story is telling, of, uh, uh, telling us, not all the particular the particulars about it. We want the what we want the truth that it's teaching. And the guy said, the guy, the guy said, well, it doesn't make any sense to me, and I don't, I don't buy it. And Sheen said, to be polite, again, not losing his cool, he said, well, I'll tell you what, there are quite a number of things that I don't understand about sacred scripture. But when I get to heaven, one of the first things, and having you in mind, young man, one of the first things I asked Jonah is going to be, how did that happen, Jonah? Yeah. Well, that was it. The audience politely laughed, you know, yeah. kind of next question. And the kid, rather than, than letting the next question go, grabbed the microphone again. And in one last arrogant yeah. manifestation <laughs> said, and what if Jonah isn't in heaven? I love this. And Shane just looked at him and said, well, again, there's no problem. Ask him yourself. <laughs> That's one <laughs> you of the things. That, that is a fantastic anyway, story, Father. He would, he, he would, but the man was just, yeah. he, what I mean to say is there were many situations, and I know of some situations that were sticky situations yeah, for him Cardinal in Rome. Spillman, remember that? He had, a, he, had, he had a lot of enemies. Yes, he did. He had a lot of people who were jealous very jealous of it, envious of it, yeah. jealous. He never lost his cool. Amen. He but never lost his cool. Talking about blessings, Father, could you give us a uh, priestly blessing for you, please? Are we already done with an hour? Yeah. Fulton Sheen, Where did Fulton that go? Sheen, it goes by fast. Benedicat vos omnipotens Deus Pater, Spiritus et Spiritus Santos. Amen. Thank you. God bless you, Terry. Thank you, Father Murray. And Father Murray. Listen, yeah. listen, have a beautiful Holy Week. Yeah, everybody have a great audience. Yeah. Beautiful Holy Week. Absolutely. And Father, one more plug for that video on Cardinal Pell. Go ahead, tell us real quick. Yes, I, I, I believe the interviewer's name is Andrew Bolt. That's it. B-O-L-T, like That's a correct. bolt of lightning. Yep. Uh, and it's with it's a, it's a one-to-one, one-on-one with, with, uh, with Cardinal awesome. Pell. Beautiful. Really amazing. Check amazing. it out, folks. Father Murr, uh, really, what's, I what? Would, I would, uh, I would, I would really push that for any of. And the remember, if, if Jesse play. was here, I'd say, "What state should we be living in? The state of grace." And I'm always going to say, sanctifying grace. "Amen." And I'm going to say, "Our Lady of Fatima said souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and sacrifice." Let's pray and sacrifice. God love you and. Your